people just get scared around the finances, you know, and I have to remind my people, it's like math is money and money is fun. Like you got to not be so scared. Like it's okay. Like I had a call today and you know, she's doing phenomenal, but it scares her. So she just stays doing a lot of hair and she's a six figure earner and that's her paycheck. So how do you move away from being a six figure earner? That's your paycheck to less and less behind the chair. And we, it comes with a strategy. It comes with, don't just rip the baby out of the bathtub. You've got to figure out, well, how can you have that same paycheck without being a heavy service provider? And so a lot of it is people are just scared to take that next, le- that next step in their business that would actually propel everybody forward. And a lot of it is my owners doing less services and letting the team thrive. You're listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast, a podcast for beauty industry providers and business owners that are wanting to level up their game to create a profitable career and rewarding lifestyle. I'm Jennifer Alvarez, salon owner, educator, serving 20 years as a licensed cosmetologist, and I'm here to make an impact in your life and career. As creative entrepreneurs, we need education that empowers us and raises the standards. My mission is to give sound business advice and share inspiring stories that help you reach your goals and to dream bigger. Welcome to your Beauty Business Game Changer. Welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. Today, I have a very special guest that I can't believe she's never been on the podcast before. But nonetheless, she is a beauty industry expert, a salon owner, an entrepreneur, moneymaker, a game changer, obsessed with supporting and empowering other business owners. She's the owner of two successful seven-figure businesses and the founder of Empower You Consulting. She is a wealth of knowledge and experience with a passion to make a change in the beauty industry. It is with great pleasure to introduce the Amy Carter. Hello, darling. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Now, my listeners know that I am, I love going to conventions. I am an educational junkie. And yes, you are. <laughs> we, I'm trying to think of where I even, where we first met each other, but um, I don't know if it was social media or it was at a convention, but nonetheless, I took your classes at Data Driven in Nashville, and also uh, at ABS. And then did you do something at Serious Business too? Uh, No, that's where I go with my team and actually have like a team engagement time. It's fun. Yes. And I saw Amy in New Orleans and shouted out to her when she was walking the street. Hilarious. (laughs) I was like, who knows me right now? And then it was you. I was like, okay, you're adorable. (laughs) But nonetheless, I mean, you, you have such a cool story that I was instantly drawn to you, Amy, because you, you just keep it real. Like no BS. You're like, this is who I am. This is the shit that I've been through in my business to get to where I am today. And then now you share it with other people, which is incredible. So if you could do us a favor and pull back the curtain of Amy, you got started. How did you get started into this industry? Right, exactly. Sunday, my friend just asked me this yesterday. We're coming back from Barbie. Come on. (laughs) And uh, she's like, how did, it's so interesting to hear your story. And because it's one that, I didn't realize it was going to be so unique, you know, but at the age of 22, I graduated college with a degree in accounting and I was interviewing for all these accounting firms up in Chicago. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And then something inside of me was just like this little whisper that I wanted to own a small business instead. And when I went to, you know, look at, okay, what kind of business would it be? I worked at the front desk of an Aveda salon (laughs) in college. And I thought, I should own one. This is great. I would love to own this because I love this, this one product. So as a 20 year old, it just was made no sense whatsoever. So what I did is I bought a business and I moved over to Indiana at the age of 22, as soon as I graduated. And strangely enough, I actually bought it while I was still in college. And so when I finally graduated, I moved over to Indiana and it became from day one, one of the most interesting journeys I've ever had. I thought I was going to be the richest person, Jennifer, I had ever met. 
my friends were still in college, parting their lives away, having the best time ever, but I was a business owner. I was very serious. And I had bought a half a million dollar company. I thought I was going to be the richest person I had ever met only to find out that I was the brokest person I ever met. I actually bought a bankrupt business. So once everything started opening up, like, let me see the bills. Let me see this. Even though we had an accountant and an attorney look over everything, my business partner that I, my business partner actually buried a bunch of stuff in her personal name that didn't show up whenever we were looking at the finances of this company. So my half million dollar exciting thing turned into a nightmare overnight and um, lo and behold, after just a year and a half of discovery of this type of a company, what is interesting to me, Jennifer, is the textbook world that I just left does not compute to the beauty industry. Like everything I learned in the world of, of business, nothing can translate over to this beauty industry. You cannot even Google this shit if you wanted to. This industry is not even Googleable. Like you cannot do it if you wanted and so I struggled with my business background with the beauty industry. Like it was just not meshing well together whatsoever. And I was like, I don't get it. Nobody in the world pays 50% of anything. Like payroll immediately goes back out. 50 cents of everything goes back out to your employees. How does anybody make any money whatsoever in this industry? And so I really had to, I hired a consulting company um, back in the day. It was called Salon Training International. And they finally started showing me how to make this thing make money. How can my employees be happy and how can I be happy? And, you know, what I didn't tell you is my business partner skipped out in the middle of the night and packed everything up that she wanted to take, emptied the cash drawers, emptied the bank account and closed the doors. I was stuck with this broke business and the mall gave me 24 hours to get all my stuff out. And I gave every one of my employees their client list and I gave them the products we had on the shelf. And I said, this is all I have to give you. I don't know what we're going to do, but I have 24 hours to get this stuff out because I wasn't actually on the lease and it was a Simon property group. So why I'm telling you guys this is that, you know, I gave hundred percent of my employees their client list. I gave them whatever product was on the shelf. I didn't even care. Just take it. We're screwed. I don't know what we're going to do. And I decided to go ahead and reopen. And in five months, I reopened a new salon spa in a different location. And hundred percent of my employees came back. Now, why? I have no idea. I'm not really for sure why they came back, but they did. I still have some to this day. So we laugh about this story. It's really actually kind of laughable um, that I just gave them like shampoo. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't even know where your paychecks are, you know? So it became like this thing that how did I turn a bankrupt business to profit? And it was not an easy job. And then to this day, like, I don't know about you, Jennifer, but the fact that we just went through a pandemic with a brick and mortar with employees was nothing short of amazing that we're all even still here today. And so it was like a, a very tough time in my life. I was really, really young going through something really, really tough. And all my, all of my friends were literally still having the best time of their life in college. So, yeah, I mean, I did take a bankrupt business to profitability and as a non-technician owner, that's a really big deal. Most people buy these businesses to have a, be a better job. Like, well, I can do it better than these people. So I'm going to go do it on my own. Well, no, I cannot go behind the chair and save this place to save my life. Like I literally had to figure out as a non-technician owner, you know, what does that look like? The challenge was when I bought this business, nobody was sitting there telling me, Amy, nobody buys these types of businesses that are non-technicians. Like you really should be a technician business owner. Like don't try to do this thing by not doing the services too. So yeah, Jennifer, I did take it from bankrupt to profitability. And as a non-technician owner, it is a really big deal. And it's still there today, which is another really big deal. <laughs> I'm so curious when you were at that moment of like, oh, oh shit, like she's left, she's taken yeah. everything. I'm not clear what the financial situation is right now. What happened between that moment and you opening up? An, um... I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I actually did not want to do it. So I was working with Procter and Gamble. I had a job that had a paycheck. I was making great money. I was winning awards. Jennifer, I actually did not want to do it. I was like, hell no. Like that shit's for the birds. I don't want to do that. And then I ate all those words within a few days. I realized that there was something about leaving that type of a mess out into the world that didn't feel right or of integrity for me, even though I didn't do it. I didn't feel like oh, we should just now not do anything. Like it looked so bad and it didn't feel right. And so something inside of me just said, let's do it, but we're going to do it differently. And I, I will say one thing I said to myself, Jennifer, that to this day, I believe was one of the best decisions ever is I will never manage that place. 
Like I never wanted to manage the people in my salon. I don't mind owning it. I don't mind being CEO for that place, visionary, all of that. But the day-to-day would be the last place that I wanted to be. Like it really, I think somebody was a better fit for that where I can, I can really play in a bigger role for them. So yeah, girl, I did it. It's incredible to hear that, you know, of you, not only did you like redeem yourself, but you know, you had, you showed a lot of resilience and, and what happens when you you're broken down, it's building character in you. And when it comes to business ownership, then what did that look like transitioning from I'm the CEO, but I know that I don't want to manage. I think a lot of people, including myself, I always tell my staff too, like, I'm not a micromanaged person. I am not going to hold your hand. Like that is just not my personality type and you're an adult. So I feel like if we have this conversation of here's your expectations, you should be able to do that. But what, what is like your thought process of of getting yourself away from the day-to-day activities. Yeah. So my first sign, besides the fact I knew I never want to be a manager, um, my first sign at that was when I realized that my soul would actually die if I stayed in that place on the (laughs) day-to-day operations. And I'm not kidding you. There's a phenomenal book that I read. It's called The Big Leap with Gay Hendricks. And it completely changed my life. Recommend it. We can put in the show notes, whatever. But um, it really does talk about taking that bigger leap, you know, that we stay in our zone of excellence and that we can stay there. I mean, I could have done it day in and day out, but that's a place where your soul can actually die is when you stay in that zone of excellence. You're great at it. You can do it. You do with your eyes closed, you know. But the big leap for me was what is the impact of the world I actually want to make a difference in? Like where, where's my genius at my salon and spa? How can I just play there, hire everybody else to do everything else that's their genius? And then look at where, where's the bigger thing? What's the thing that I really want to do? And so within a couple of years of owning the new location is where Empowering You actually came about. Um, I realized that this is going to sound so weird, but I went to the bank one time and I made a bank deposit. You know, you have to do that. Like remember back in the day when people would write checks and give you cash, you'd have to go to the bank pretty frequently. I, you know, this was obviously over 15 years ago, but I went to the bank one day and I was making a bank deposit and most people would celebrate that. And I thought I can't ever do this again. This is like literally not what I want to be doing in life. And it was that moment on that I started firing myself Um, I hundred percent fired myself from all the different positions of the salon. And I started rehiring myself in the positions that felt right for me. And I know that's a big risk and people like, Amy, what the hell are you talking about? But I'm telling you right now it works. I think too many times that we suffer in these positions because we have to, because our employees have to see us in a certain way. When in all reality, it's bullshit. They actually want to see you guys happy. Like they want to see if you can live in your zone and hire the rest, everybody's a lot happier because the place is running a lot nicer because you're not the one having to be everything to all people. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And how did you like create that, that movement for you of like, here's where I'm going to start. I cannot do this anymore. I'm firing myself. (laughs) You wouldn't know what I did. You know what happened? All right. I got yeah. I used to work front desk in college. That's where this whole thing came about. I worked the front desk of a salon and I was the best front desk I had ever met. <laughs> okay. And I can sell anything to anybody. I can upgrade those appointments like crazy, a brow wax to hair color. I mean, I'm, I was genius. Okay. Well, <laughs> I thought I was the best person I've ever met in my life at that front desk. And only I could do it that great. And, um, I had been away empowering you had started and kicked off. And as a, you know, very new second business. So I had pretty much two businesses at their incubator stages. So this empowering you started like taking up my time, but I would work Saturdays at the front desk one Saturday a month at my salon's front desk to keep it real. I'll keep it real. I've got to go in there so that I can talk to everybody else in the world about what it's like to be at the front desk. I don't know, Jennifer, it makes zero sense to me whatsoever. I was at the front desk and I was working to keeping it real as a business owner And I called somebody on the cancellation list to get in because she was, you know, we had an opening, we had availability. She answered the phone at the shampoo bowl. 
she's like, I'm in your salon right now. I was like, thank you very much, ma'am. Goodbye. <laughs> we all <laughs> laughed about it. And that was the last front desk shift. No, I, that was literally the last one that I ever worked because I realized that I can hire somebody that is more focused on it than I am. And that can be their thing that they can actually be better than me. And so I released, that was the, mo- that was my pivotal moment when I was like, I'm out. Yeah. Right. This was it. This was it. It's a good indicator when you're like, I'm making too many stakes and somebody else has to take over here. (laughs) I don't remember who it was, but somebody told me like, find somebody who can do it at least 70, 80% as good as you can do and, and let them take over, you know, show them. Their 80% is better than your hundred percent. Is that, yeah, their 80% is better than your hundred percent. And it is very true that Yes, Jennifer, you and I can go in and just run these businesses like top to bottom, left to right. Like, of course we can. Duh. That's not the question. But is that really what we want to be doing? Like, is that the bigger game, you know, in life that any of us really want to be playing? And some of you are like, yeah, of course I do. And though I run into a lot of people who are like, I've got too, I'm wearing too many hats. I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. I envision my business burning down on any given day. Like th- those are the signs. Like we talk about burnout a lot. It's real. Overwhelm is real and trying to be top technician, you know, top producer, top, you know, wearing all these different hats from finances to marketing and HR and all, you know, being the CEO, being the decision maker, doing all these CFO, CMO, all of them. It's too much. Yeah. It's kind of rude that anybody would to themselves, like what respect you have for yourself to think that you can actually wear all those hats and be viable. Yeah. What would, what would you say is like your best tip when it comes to delegating out that role? Cause I've always heard people say like, you don't want to just put, put tasks on people's lap, but I mean, these things need to get Why done. Not? Why not? Why don't you want to? I don't know. I mean, do it. What's worse that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they might like the task. I don't know. They, they love it. It's so weird what people like. Um, that's their genius. And I think that sometimes you guys are so worried about, well, they're already so busy. Like there's so many textbook excuses as to why people are not delegating. Um, but it's all bullshit. It's all excuses. And you can have an excuse or make a difference, but you can't have both. And I really do believe Jennifer, that part of it is we're just all control freaks. And if you would just lessen the grip of your business and trust that even if they did make a mistake, you can go behind them and clean it up. It would be just fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say that, um, how do you get the ball started? I would make a list of all the things that you're doing in a day's time that if you feel like if you would release some of this to who, I don't even know who, don't even worry about who right now, but just make a list of things. If you never had to do again, that you would feel so excited to kickstart your week. Like Monday would be so amazing for you, you know? And so I had to do that. You know, there was a lot of things I was doing and even personal, like I have, there's things that I wouldn't even let go to do. And I thought it was just like, who am I? And I realized on a personal level and also professional level, I was holding on to a lot of things because I would feel like I had to like keep it real or I wasn't worth, you know, hiring somebody to do something. You know, so like I'm an accountant, therefore I should do my bookkeeping of my, both my companies. So I'd be on a Friday night. It's actually in my book that I wrote. I'm there on a Friday night, balancing out QuickBooks for both companies, because I'm keeping it real. I got to do that because I'm an accountant. Therefore I should have to do You know what I mean? And so Jennifer, it's just that weird stuff that we tell ourselves that is so disempowering. Mm. What was that one rule that you delegated out that you were like? huge weight off of my shoulders. I yeah. My QuickBooks. QuickBooks. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> Do you understand what it's like to like send my stuff to my internal, I have an internal team, but like just to send it out and know that I don't have to do it, that they, they send me a detailed report every month by the 15th and boom, that's what I want to see is like, what do I do with that? That's the role I need to play. It's not the data entry person. It's the person that does analysis and then figures out what we need to do to stay in profits because these businesses are so easy to run a non-for-profit. Oh my God. That's, and that's really a scary reality for sure. Now, fast forward to today, how, 
you're one of the number one salons in Indiana with several awards. How, how big is your team now? Um, today, you know, it changes all the time, right? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> today, I don't know about tomorrow or what it was yesterday, but, um, it always ranges between 17 to 20 employees. Like that's kind of like my swing, you know what I mean? So that's always on average. Yeah. And now you said you started the empowering you consulting as you were gaining momentum in your salon too, learning all these things that you're like, why didn't somebody tell me this right away? And can you tell, tell us a little bit about like, what, what is empowering you consulting? What is that? Yeah. So I started a consulting company, um, in 2008. So my new business, my new salon opened up in 2005. And then three years later, I opened up empowering you consulting. And I started it because I realized there were owners that were just like me. We're not getting a paycheck that they deserve. The service providers were not anywhere near the type of paycheck that they deserved and everybody was losing. And we didn't even know like how to pay, what to do. Like I, I it just, none of it made any sense. You know, and that's where Empower You came about is I started figuring out how do I go from nonprofit to profitable? How can I open up a business from day one and it's profits where I had just bought a big bankrupt business. And so I wanted to scream on the rooftops that there are possible, it's possible. And we just have to understand somebody has to give me the it, like the, give me the system and I can figure out how to fit it into my culture. And that's what I do. Like I give you the system and then you figure out how to put it into your culture that fits best for you. And that is really what it's about is like suffering is optional and we can, these, these companies, you can suffer. You can definitely run a non-for-profit, especially if it's a heavy owner technician. Mm, Yeah. What would you say is like, and maybe you just answered it right now, but what would you say, like with all of the clients that you've been working with, is there like some common denominator when it comes to issues with the salon when, when, especially in the financial aspects of it? Yeah. I mean, people just get scared around the finances, you know, and I have to remind my people, it's like math is money and money is fun. Like you got to not be so scared. Like it's okay. Like I had a call today and you know, she's doing phenomenal, but it scares her. So she just stays doing a lot of hair and she's a six figure earner and that's her paycheck. So how do you move away from being a six figure earner? That's your paycheck to less and less behind the chair. And we, it comes with a strategy. It comes with, don't just rip the baby out of the bathtub. You've got to figure out, well, how can you have that same paycheck without being a heavy service provider? And so a lot of it is people are just scared to take that next, le- that next step in their business that would actually propel everybody forward. And a lot of it is my owners doing less services and letting the team thrive, which I know, you know, a lot about that conversation. Well, just going back to what you said earlier of, of with that book about the zone of excellence, like if, if you know, your zone of genius is doing hair, that doesn't mean that you're, you're not capable of the leadership or the ownership or the visionary aspects of it. And if you only stay as a technician, then you got to have somebody else who's going to run the business. Oh yeah. I have a client. She's like, Amy, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do what you're asking me to do, but I will hire somebody to do it. I'm like, perfect. I don't care. Somebody has to do it. You had employees say yes to you. You have a responsibility. It does not have to be you, but it has to be done out Mm -hmm. of respect for everybody. Cause I do think there's times that owners do not run these businesses properly, but yet you want people to come work for you. Would you work for you? Probably not. You know, so there is a doing hair, right? You're so busy. Then who do they go to? Like have that person, have a general manager, have an assistant manager, have a director of operations, like whatever it is, but it's not really, I feel it's really disrespectful if you hire team members in and you don't have that go-to part. You don't have a manager or daily manager, something for them to go to. You want to do hair all day long. I don't really care what you do. Honestly, I don't care. But what I do care about is that you respect your employees enough that you run a nice, well-oiled machine, even if you have somebody else doing it. I'm not running mine, but I have somebody else doing it. Like I respect my employees. Like I want them to have a beautiful place to go to that they know they can thrive under and they can have the paychecks of their dreams. That's what I want for my employees. And that's what I provide for them. And every night I put my head on the pillow and I know I'm of integrity. 
So that's all I ask all these owners, Mike, are you of integrity? Do you run your business's prop business properly? And if you don't, you got to work on that. That's the place where you need to start working. I love that. How, how else do, no, let me rephrase that question. When people are coming to you, what's some of the, like their current issues that they're like, Amy, you got to save me. You got to save my business. Yeah. I mean, some of the common issues we have are, you know, team, 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 team. No, I'm kidding. A lot of the issues <laughs> that I have, with, it's the people, the people problems. Um, I would say that when people first come to us, at least the one, like my clients in particular, they are six figure earners. The owners are six figure earners and they have a thriving business and they actually don't know how they got there. Mm. I have million dollar owners that come me, come to me all the time and are like, we don't know how we got this far, but we did, but the infrastructure is not there and it will crumble. So it's easy to scale these businesses. It's strangely interesting, Jennifer, how little structure you can have and have a seven figure business, but can you stay there? And that's typically the clients that I take on are the ones that are scaling to seven figures and want to stay at seven figures without completely losing their minds. Yeah. Is there something in particular that they're not aware of or they know? All of it. <laughs> and they'll be honest, like, you know, we're teaching how to attach something to an email. I mean, it's not that bad, but it kind of is, you know, I'm like, I'm used to it all, but probably the biggest thing that they don't know scaling to seven figures and they didn't realize is the amount of time at like how much time we need to be working on our business, not in it. That's what people are like, before you sign a lease, I feel like people are like, this is the hard truth. This is going to kind of suck. You know, like I said to you, like these businesses are roller coaster. They're really unstable for its first few years, period. Get over it. I mean, we've all been there. Until you get the cash flow, the amount of cash it requires to run these types of businesses, like until you have three to five months easily built into a cash reserve, like you got to do some work. You got to, you got to be hustling at this point, you know? So yeah, I mean, I don't think they realize how much time is required working on the business. And what breaks my heart is people work all day long doing services. If it's a Medi spa, it doesn't matter what, you know, whatever services they're doing, but then they come home at night to work on the business mm -hmm. and that, or they put the kids to bed and then they're working on the business again. You know, it's just, that's the part that just kills me. Cause I'm like, it doesn't have to go this way. Yeah. That's, that's the hamster wheel phase. Yeah. Uh, definitely not fun and definitely not sustainable. I, I yeah. do remember in the very beginning, starting the salon feeling that way of hmm. in the business and on the business. And it was like, no, no sleep. And, yeah, you know, but, yeah, but I think that if you have the desire to continue to do professional development and know that this is just a phase and I eventually will get off of that hamster wheel, you know, Jennifer, let me tell you how many people I have that work. Like, let me just tell you about that personal development. Okay. Like I did not get here alone. I will, I have a breadcrumb. Like we had learned it the, with that guy that wrote the amazing book level up, like to honor the people that got me here, you know, and the amount of people it takes to keep me here. Like, I don't stay here because I got here by myself and I don't stay here because I'm here by myself. Like I have a big community behind me. I have people that are pushing me up to the top constantly. I have a consultant for empowering you. I have a personal development coach. I have a therapist. I have a trainer. Like I have a health coach. Like I have so many people around me just to keep me somewhat sane and normal. So I'm not sitting here today because I have it all figured out. No, I actually sucked at most things. That's why I'm really good at it now. But the other part of it is there is a huge, I have a huge system behind me that supported me all along the way. I have every type of coach that you can hire and they all bring in their specialty to me. And I speak with them mostly every week or every other week. So yeah, it's, if, you know, my goal, this was insane to me, but at the age of 70, I wanted to own two seven figure businesses. I don't know why. I don't know. I think it's the weirdest dream ever. And now that I look at it. <laughs> But um, I did, I had that dream. I wanted to own, I want to be two, seven, I want to own two, seven figure businesses before I was 40. Did I do it? Yes, I did. 
Um, did I do it alone? Absolutely not. And it required me at every level to level. When I leveled up, I had to level up my support system. I had to level up and level up. And to this day, the people, like I said, that got me here and that keep me here and keep me growing, you know, you've got to have the mentors around you. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're screwed, you know? And so I had to get some high level people and it keeps on having to get higher and higher and higher, but it works. I, you know, you have to, you have to dream big and you're, you're proof that, you know, if you, you keep that focus of, of what you want to achieve in your life, you achieve it maybe sooner than you think, which you did. I'm yeah. Curious. And then I became a part of this called Workaholics Anonymous. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious. Okay. So empower you is, is such a beast and it is making a, a huge impact into the industry. What does your role and position look like now with still having a salon of 17 to 20 employees? Right, exactly. So, you know, that's one thing that most, like I said, like most people at this level have already sold their salon and kind of said their well wishes for whatever reason, you know, I still have mine. Like last Friday, I did quarterly evaluations. Like I was there for that, you know, so I still play a little bit of a role inside my salon and spa, especially the role that when they need me, when they're crying, like we need your help, like get in here, you know, I will step in immediately. Don't get me wrong, but my role at empowering you 90% of night now, 97% of my time is spent solely just on empowering you now, because it is a beast. It's a different type of business. You know, I have a brick and mortar. That's one way, but having a remote team and a remote company, it's a completely different experience. I have employees coast to coast. I have people working for me that I've never actually met in person. It's insane. Nick is my social media guy. He's worked for me for six or seven years now. I've never actually met him in person. Wow insane, but that's a brick and mortar. That's the difference between a brick and mortar versus a, you know, a remote type of a business. So, yeah, I mean, the role that I play now is I'm stepping more and more into CEO when I started empowering you and I still have clients this day and I have to be very careful about the amount of clients I actually take on. I have to cut it off, you know, because it's easy for myself to even be heavy technician inside my co consulting company, but I have a team now that I've built behind me and they're as good, if not better sometimes than I am, because they were technicians, they were six figure earners. They were these people that I've never been. So I can't, Jennifer, I'll never tell you how to like do whatever, like as a technician, cause I've never was one. I just know how to make money. So I teach you how to make money, but I, you know what I mean? Like for me to have six figure earners and seven figure earners that work for me and empowering you, you know, it's awesome because I do have those people available. So I don't have to be the coach for everybody. I'm just blown away of, of how, how you were able to like develop both of these empires right. simultaneously. And I, and I, they probably run a little parallel in some, some ways of like, maybe you've got some new strategy and empowering you that you're teaching that you maybe tested out on your own company. And a lot of it is proven systems. You're exactly yeah. right. I mean, that's, you hit it on the nail because well, the best thing you guys can do is create parallel careers, like a career. When you have some magic formulas, the secret sauce on some stuff, sell it. People want to know, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was a little insane, a little bit crazy to do what I did with two startups within a few years of each other. You know, I was in my twenties. I had a lot more energy than I do. <laughs> like I couldn't do that whole thing today, Jennifer. There's no way. Like I, I thought the other day, I was like, I think I'm just gonna go part time. Like, wait, Amy, you can't. You have two companies. You can't really go part time yet. But <laughs> I don't think I could do it today. But in my twenties, I had enough energy and gumption, and I, you know, no, I didn't have enough like. Nothing was holding me back at that point. I think now, you know, and I even look at my, you know, and I think God, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that my team at the salon is where it's at. And then powering you team is as big as it is so that I don't have to be wearing all the hats that I once did. Cause I don't think I would do it again. As Dave Ramsey would say, you're in the, the legacy phase, which is, yeah. I mean, I would hope that everybody would strive to eventually get to that, that level of, how are you going to make an impact into to this industry? And even if you did step away, I mean, look what you have built on both sides. And what I love sharing about 
everyone's story and especially your story is that if Amy can do it, then it's possible for, for others to do it as well. Or Absolutely. just Amy and she'll show you. <laughs> I'll help you. I mean, I think that's part of that. I'm very open. I'm very honest. You know, I was just on a call with a big manufacturer of our industry. And she said, you know, they were like, you are so approachable. And that's why I love referring you is because you're approachable and you're truly honest about these businesses. And not, I don't think enough people are telling the truth. Like, please tell me how about it sucked, but also how you got on the other side of it. Don't sit on your, you know, mountaintop praising how great you are. I actually want to know what happened. How did you get there? And then how did it, you know, when did you fall last and how did that go? And how'd you get back up to your mountaintop? Like my knees are bloody. My elbows are bloody because I didn't get here because it was easy. I got here because I learned my lessons along the way. And I want to teach others on, okay, well, there's some pitfalls to that. Let's talk about those. The workshop that you taught at um, Chicago at the ABS show, you were, you were sharing a real story about, I think it was a walkout that happened. Multiples. And, I've had multiples, my friend. Yeah. And, and to be vulnerable and share something like that, because I think that that can be like a big fear of mm-hmm. salon owners. And you're just like, it's, it actually was a great thing that happened. And yeah. I, I love that you were able to share that with such a large audience and be okay with that. Like, yeah. look, this shit happened to me and I recovered. And it actually was a really good thing that happened. Yeah. I think so. Many, honestly, like when it comes down to this kind of things about people and walkouts and you know, our, our industry is pretty ego driven. And just imagine what the public speaking industry is like, it's really ego driven. And I don't think that's how we're going to be successful as public speakers. I think we're going to be successful because we just really are telling our stuff, you know, cause I want you to know that I've been there, done that. And I could, I could experience one today. I, there is, these are not walkout proof businesses, you guys, they're not, I mean, I could, well, I could experience another one. Walkout means when multiple people leave at once or where they trickle back out and they all, you know, mine are always go the same one. We'll have a group of them that just go to one location, like the birds of a feather flock together. Right. So they'll all go to like somewhere. So I've started up multiple salons in my area, but I've also seen multiple salons close down. Like when you've been around for 20 years, you see this happening over and over again. It's okay. it's okay. It's probably when every time it happens, Jennifer, it actually has me go nice. This feels better in here. Thank God that happened. I didn't realize how bad it sucked in here until the bad people left. And that leaves the really great people behind. And then my very first walkout that I ever had, which was forever ago, I was held hostage to those employees. I was scared to put things into place. You know, and it was scary to think that I had to change compensation structures at a launch a handbook. Like I bought a business that was bankrupt. I had to take tips off of credit cards. I had to make some really crazy decisions 20 years ago. This was before you had forums helping you out. Like this was back whenever you still had yellow page ads. Like this was scary shit I was doing. And there was nobody coming together as a community, right? They're all your competition. And so I'm making these big, bold, scary decisions. And I had a couple of walkouts because of it. And every time it happened, Jennifer, I actually owned my business at this next level and it's next level and it's next level. And I realized that it's a business and I'm not take it personally. Like it's just something business decisions I have to make. Just like when we go up in our prices, it's business. It's nothing personal, you know? And so I, it became such a better place to work at time and time again, every single time it happened, your listeners are playing thinking, holy to the moly, how many times has this happened? I don't know. I actually don't count. My last one was just a year ago. And we just celebrated the one year anniversary of it at these evaluations because my employees are so happy. (laughs) They're just like amazing. We're making more money, more profits. Everybody's happy. They're thriving because the bad people left. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody is scared about a walkout, just do it and then check out how good it feels. You know, you, you have so much information to share. And like another thing at Chicago that I had to take home with me, because we had this conversation of, I was feeling so overwhelmed during my performance reviews with my team, where 
I was working extra hard and I wanted to bring so much value to the table for them because I pour into my team um, because I care deeply about their success. But I was like doing too much work. (laughs) And you told me, you're like, stop doing that. And um, I got your uh, moneymaker book and it has been such a game changer for us by implementing that. And I kind of want to know, like, what was your, what was the brains behind that? Um, <laughs> or did you feel exactly the same way that I did? Girl, that's exactly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> have you ever given your employees papers and they're like next, they're important papers and they used to them in the break room and they're just all over the place. Nobody like they're scattered everywhere. Like for me, I would take all this time. I'd gather all these papers up for them to come to the evaluations and I'd go to my break room and it just looked like a paper bomb went off. Nobody was filling them <laughs> out. Nobody knew which one was theirs. Like dog ate their papers. Like I'm going, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, this is your future. And you can't even find the piece of paper I gave you to like help you out. And what I realized was, and then they'd fill out this paper and then I put it in their file. All right. And it was like, what's your dream for this year? Okay, cool. I'll keep it for you for next time. Cause then I started keeping them because I was so sick of seeing them everywhere. So fast forward, I was like, this is the most insane thing I've ever experienced. And I read a book called The Dream Manager. And I was like, just the title alone, like, I want to be the dream manager. Like, what is my competition not doing that I can do really, really well? And part of it was finding out what my employees' dreams were, but that they actually owned their dreams. I didn't have them in a filing cabinet. <laughs> I'm, not a control, I'm not a control freak, I swear, but yes, I am. So when the money maker came about, the whole, the whole premise of this was finding out what do my employees, what are their dreams, how much money they want to make? And how can I break it down so simple for them that they start hitting their big dreams? And I want to be the dream manager. And that's something nobody's doing. So I just did my team evaluations on Friday and I have a new manager there. And, you know, not everybody has the, the, you know, the best backing of like teaching us how to buy, you know, buy a car. So, you know, I mean, like a lot of times we just financially, people aren't helping us out. And so she wanted her big dream for the last year has been she wanted to buy a new car because I mean, you turned on her car and you can hear it inside the salon. Like there was something definitely up with it. And I was like, girl, we're going right now. And I wanted that dream to be her reality so that she can feel success. She can see like how easy it is to buy a car, like how easy that can be for her, you know, how she can actually have something she's so proud of. And so last Friday we dropped everything after my evaluations and for two hours went car shopping and she bought it the next day. Oh my gosh. So the money maker is designed for people to figure out what are their dreams. And then me sitting with them quarterly and going, let's make that happen. Let's make, how close are we to your, you know? And so this was mid-year and I was able to check in on these people's dreams to make sure by in this year, I want at least 80% of my employees have hit their dreams this year. And that is just my big goal. And we celebrate that year after year when people hit their big goals. So that's how the money maker came about. I bought, I made it for myself and I said, hot damn, this thing's good. We're going to sell this thing because other people need this too in their business. I bought one for my entire team and to, to be able to like a coach to their dreams and say, use this space as leverage to get you to where you want to be has just really changed the dialogue and the relationship that we have of why are you coming into work? Why show up the way you are, right? right. And and I absolutely love it. Everybody needs to get it because- Yeah, it's, it's a so game changer. It saved me so much time. Like now I feel like my performance review is like, I'm showing up more so to listen and to give some guidance, but I don't have yeah. to prepare anything myself beforehand, which feels so good. I know this one girl had this, had it filled out. So I'm actually going to ask for a picture of it. She had her quarterly filled out. It's like your next three, you know, your quarter big goals, top three goals and action she's going to take. It was so beautiful. I was like, I've never seen something so beautiful in my life as I am right now. Like it was her act, her action steps to hitting those goals. Jennifer, it's just like proud moment, right? Proud parent moment right here, you know, because it teaches your team how to start thinking about, well, how do you get to that goal? What actions do you need to take? Because as owners, we take on so much of their shit and it's not fair. You know, we're trying to push this thing up the hill and trying to help everybody out. 
by give, 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 when in reality, it has to be a partnership between you and your technician. Mm, exactly. I love that. So I got to make sure I'm going to put this in the show notes of your money. Maker. For sure. Yeah. Not only, was this you, yeah. Such, yeah. Not only was this such a really great tool, but you, you have two different workshops coming up and I want to know a little bit more about them as far as what is this about? Who would be a good candidate to attend these events? Yeah. So I have the B school, which is my mothership program that, you know, I have had for almost 15 years now. That is a three-day workshop where essentially I'm just going to put you in a room with other people just like you, and you're going to work on your business for three days. Most people that I meet, and I meet thousands of people a year out in this show circuit and conferences and whatnot, they never take the time to really step away and just work on their business. And that's what B school for industry is all about. So we have some date, we have, um, we have dates left for this year in November. And that is a program that thousands of people have come out of and literally have such a better understanding of how to run their businesses more effectively, how they can have better confidence in some of the decisions that they need to make. And there's just clarity. They walk away with a year plan on exactly what they need to be working on for the next year to hit their goals. So that is our B school for industry. And like I said, it's just been a, it's a game changer for the people that come in partly because there's not a lot of live events anymore in this world for whatever reason, but people want community. They want to learn from each other. They want to ask other people, how are you doing this? I need help here. What do you do for your manager? What does that look like? Blah, blah, blah. And so you bring like-minded people together inside the same industry. It's magical. And that's what the B school for industry does. Amazing. And so that class is coming up in November in Dallas. Yeah. I love that. And you're right. Just to be able to carve out some time to think about your business and what is it that we're truly working on without having the distraction of the salon team or clients. Yeah. And Jennifer, I make you work on your business. I mean, you're going to roll up your damn sleeve. We're not a woohoo. Here we go. No. You know, I will make you feel amazing by the time you leave, but I really want you to work on your business. You're going to get the systems and the tools and resources that you need to take your business wherever your next step is in the confidence, you know, to make that happen. So yeah, it's, it's a workshop. Okay. So is this people, B-School is for someone who already owns a salon or who wants to open up a salon? What would you say? I wish I would have gone to B-School before I bought a salon. I probably wouldn't have bought it. So (laughs) B-School is for anybody that has multi-locations, multi-million to smaller salons and really at any level, it's a, it's for industry. So it's not like you have to be only this size to enjoy B-School because it's at every level it's available to you. I love that. Love that. And then what's the next one? Our next one we have is the Elite Beauty Boss, which is happening in January. So this is, um, so, I, you know, I told you that we saw you at Serious Business, which I do that every year for my leadership team. We go away, we learn some stuff, we get re-inspired for the next year ahead. And I'm like, what the heck? I need to get that available to my, to my uh, people, my community. And so we create Elite, Elite Beauty Boss. It's been virtual for years and we just brought it in person last year and we did it in Fort Lauderdale. So it's sunny. We all need a little bit of sun come January. And it's a two-day event where you, you bring your management team, you can bring your service providers. And we really look at kicking off the year super strong as a team. And then we take your service providers and they go into on day two into a completely different training about how to make more money as a service provider. So Elite Beauty Boss is unlike any of the programs I have, because this is where you can bring your owner, your manager, any of your leads and your service providers to this event, and they will walk away. Uh, You know, everybody will come back together at the end of day two, but everybody learned because we specifically have training for owners and managers, and we have a whole training in a different room, a different conference room for your service providers. Holy cow. I love that. I mean, talk about some good team building experience. And you're right, being in the Midwest, I mean, I think about Florida all the time in general. So 
why not join Amy at the Elite Beauty Boss Retreat? So that's right, girl. Yes. Amazing. Um, well, before we end this amazing podcast, thank you so much for your wealth of knowledge and sharing your story and just bringing the, the realness of what business is all about. Um, I know that you said that you were going to give our listeners something. So what, what is this? I am. You know, I brought, I, you know, I love giving away tools and we're constantly giving away free webinars, free tools for everything. So in the show notes, it's a tool that says 12 ways to grow your salon and spa revenue today. The exact steps that I took to scale my business to a million dollars and beyond. So at any level of business, you can take these, these different steps that would really, if you're solo looking to go micro, you know, whatever size business you're looking at, it will fit at any size. I promise you that, but it just really is like how to scale your business. And so that will be available in the show notes. Love that. Thank you so much. I can't wait. Amazing. Well, is there any last final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah. Like you got this one, you know, I think so many times if, if you haven't wanted to give up, like you're doing something wrong. So that's something that I think we all have to remember. We've all wanted to give up. We've all wanted to throw in the towel. We've all wanted to, you know, run off to wherever it is beyond normal. So just to normalize that it's absolutely okay. And to find yourself a community of people that support you, even on your highest of days and your lowest moments, you know, that I think there's so many great companies out there, you know, that can really support us through these. And if it wasn't, like I said, for my massive group of people that support me to go that next level, I, I would not be here today. So getting a community of people that really do support you and get you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Make sure to check, uh, Amy Carter out on Instagram and also check out her B school for industry and elite beauty boss retreat. And of course, check out the freebie in the show, the show notes below. Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. If you are loving these episodes, I would appreciate a review on your experience of how this podcast is helping you grow your business so that others just like yourself can learn, grow, and be a part of the podcast. I'd love to get connected with my listeners, so make sure to join me in the free Facebook group where you'll find a community of like-minded beauty professionals that want to grow their business and careers. I'll share with you my top tips, Q&As, and when new podcasts are released. Thank you again for your love and support. It's an honor to be a part of your business building journey.